that God ministered to you with a nugget. I'm going to need my Bible, I think. Need my Bible. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. If you can turn to Psalms 1, 1 through 3, you should know it by heart. Blessed is the man that walketh not under the counsel of un, in the counsel of, un, of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the word of the Lord, and in his word doth he meditate day and night. Then he will be a tree planted by the rivers of living water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season, its leaf shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Hallelujah. Everything, say that with me, everything he does shall come to maturity. Everything. But how do we get there? These three areas, we must be very, very careful to be obedient to. Number one, blessed is the man that walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. Okay? Number two, that means if you're going to, um, I'm going to use an example. Say you had money that you wanted to invest right now. You would want to find the most godly. First, you better pray in the Holy Ghost and stand on the Word of God. But find the most godly in person that, that's in, in investment and use that person. Okay, you wouldn't want to go to an ungodly person. You would want to go to a godly person. And you'd want to check up on that person and make sure they know their business. And you'd want to check their track record. Amen? Same with realtors or people like that. You find someone that's, that's, that's godly because they'll have your best interest at heart. And be bold enough to ask them, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And if they don't, it's just like when we went down to get pastor's vet that you all sowed seed in. I, I told, I think I believe I told Terry, if, if he's not born again, he's getting born again. And so he was actually the, the son of the owner of the company. So he was the manager of that and we got him born again. It was very important to me that everything that had to do with his vet the people that handled it and handled everything. Of course, Terry was doing the handling. I just didn't went down with her. But everything that was done with that, I, it was very important to me that it was put into godly hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, blessed is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, too, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk. So you're with a group of sinners and they begin to tell a dirty joke or something. And you just stand there submissive and don't, don't leave or don't say anything. You're just, you're, just, you're just submissive to it. Or if, let's put it this way. Let's say that somebody starts to tell a, 
say something against another worker or against someone you know? Are you going to stand there submissive and, and, and yield yourself over to that and inactive? Or are you going to say which, what the Lord would have you to say? We're coming to that place where black and white are black and white, and it's real obvious nowadays, are you going to be submissive to the ungodly or to the things that are being said? Or are you going to stand up and say, you know what? I don't agree with that. Even if you're with a group of Christians, you need to stand up and say, I don't agree with that. You say, well, that takes a lot of guts. Well, we're, we're learning about the Holy Ghost and he's in us and boldness will come out. Why? To protect others from getting led astray. Amen. So let's go to the next one. Nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Now I'm going to be very honest with you on this one. We don't usually sit down and relax with a bunch of ungodly people, correct? But I have found when we sit down and relax with maybe family or close friends, it's, sim it's easy to go back to your old ways and allow this to happen. So you've got to be on guard. You've got to be on guard. So where mockers, where scornful and mockers gather, don't sit and relax with them. You know, there's times when I've been in meetings where there are Christians and a speaker that gets up there and begins to mock or, or, well, we were in a meeting one time where someone spoke and shared that you don't need the presence of the Holy Spirit in your services if you want to gather, have people come into the church. So just don't, don't allow the Holy Spirit to move in the service. Pastor knows I got up and left the place twice, and it was a meeting that we had to be at, but I got up. It was either that or I was going to stand up because I couldn't take it. I wasn't going to yield myself to that I got out of the room and, and I went out and prayed. So, but his delight and desires are in the word of the Lord and in his word and precepts and instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders and studies by day and night. Do you have anything on this that you'd like to add? Pardon? Stay with the word. You might. There should be no compromise on the word here. Because um, we have three, three individuals that can deceive you very quickly. <laughs> because uh, when we walk, With the ungodly, you become labeled. Who you associate with most is what you are known for. So who are you associating with? You know, even when Jesus, he went to the Pharisees and so forth, but who was he with? He was with those disciples of his that he was teaching the word. But he, and he made the corrections both with the Pharisees and with his disciples. The Pharisees wouldn't receive it. The disciples 
hopefully did. And that's where we're at. We are hopefully, each and every one of us is changing from glory to glory, from, from day to day. He even had that in his camp, the time that the mother got involved and wanted her sons to sit, remember? He wanted her sons to sit on either side, remember that? Murmuring and complaining. Well, my sons are better, so they need to sit on either side. You know, it can happen so easily. You know, we're, we're, I know it talks about sinners here, or what it, well, it really doesn't, but where sinners walk, nor, nor sit down and relax and rest, where the scornful and the mockers gather. They don't necessarily, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, they don't necessarily have to be non-believers. I guarantee you that. Amen. You know, you might be having trouble on your job and someone else is having the same problem on their job and all of a sudden you can begin to, be, to murmur and complain and the next thing you know, you get into this conversation and it sticks in your brain and then you have a camaraderie together and, you know, it's easy to bounce, dun, 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 you know. <laughs> Especially, you know, when I was listening to the news, I mean, and I didn't listen that much, maybe an hour twice a week in the car, but I started to murmur and complain about what was going on. It's not, it's, it was, it's not worth it. I don't miss it. It's been since Thanksgiving. It, it, phew, it's just a lot easier. Let God handle the world and I will pray the way I'm supposed to pray. Because I got to the point where I didn't want to pray for our leaders. You know, yet the word says we're supposed to. Amen. Okay, the next scripture. You ready? Ephesians 4.20. I put online the other day, these three things will keep you from prosperity in Psalms 1.1. 1, 1. Want to read that, sweetie? Ephesians 4.20 from the King James, but ye have not so learned Christ. Uh, from the Amplified, but you did not so learn Christ. That's what you want. Through right? 24. Oh, through 24. Okay. I'm sorry. Again, verse uh, 20 from the King James, but ye have not so learned of Christ. If so that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Christ Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and truth and holiness. Okay, from once again, verse 20, starting with the Amplified. But you did not so learn Christ. Assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him, as all truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him, strip yourselves of your former nature, put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterizes your previous manner of life and become 
corrupt and becomes corrupt through the lust and desires that spring from delusion. Wow. Anybody have any delusions lately? Yeah. I think we all have. Verse 23. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Constantly renewed. There's a good... Uh, verse 24, the final one. And put on the new nature, the regenerated self, created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. Okay. Well, as we look at this, this is, you look at, this is something we have to do. And strip yourself of your former nature. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and become corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion and constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude you know as you are praying in the holy spirit you're going to find that you're that the things you used to think on or easily drew towards will switch over it's kind of like there'll be a pulling pull you back to what the Word of God says. You know, if you know the Word of God, this is the important thing. You know the Word of God. People that don't know the Word of God, they, they have no idea. You know, some people get saved and never read the Word of God, and so they have no idea what he's expecting. But as you know the Word of God and you pray in the Holy Spirit, he will bring you back, and it'll be easy. You'll find it becomes easier and easier to literally strip yourself from your old your old self and it says be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude put on a new nature you put on a new nature it's like you get dressed every day there's certain garments that some of us wear that we don't like to put on and I, I believe God in heaven we're not going to have to wear them hallelujah The ladies in the crowd know what I'm talking about. We're all adults here, so I mean, I'm not going to bring them up, but there's certain things that we need to put on. We need to put on a new nature. We need to take off this old thing and put on the new, the new nature. What is a new nature? Tack like Jesus, created in God's image, God-like and true righteousness and holiness. Put on holiness. Holiness nowadays is a real foreign commodity in the church. It's just not taught. And Jesus, God says, be holy as I am holy. You can't be holy without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. When people stand there and talk about, we, we just can't let people, you know, we can't allow the Holy Spirit to move in our services, then what are you going to have, what are you going to end up with in your church? A bunch of carnal, ungodly, Christians, if you're not taught to, to flow in the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign in your life, then I know how I was as a brand new baby Christian without the Holy Spirit being built up in my life and how my life changed immediately. And so we need to, from glory to glory, He's changing us and we need to allow Him to have that that right, that privilege in our life to have free reign, to, to bring us 
into the pathway that God has spoken about us and created in us. Hallelujah. Okay, baby, we have... Do you have anything else on that one? When it tells us to put off the old man, it's abandoning the old man. And, <clears throat> pardon me, and there's a doctrine now that says everything's under grace and you can come back into the old man and it'll be, you'll be all right. Um, no, it says put on. It means there's, there's times that you will. I will fall back into our old, back into our old nature and do some. It says uh, what? De delusional things. We're thinking we're doing something, you know, but really, really, no, we're not doing it. So we become delusioned into thinking, well, you know, quote, I'm under grace. I can do these things. No, that's that is completely wrong. Uh, don't get caught up in some of the. Uh, doctrines that are floating around in these last days. Jesus said in the last days, many will be deceived. And uh, that means church leaders also. Let me give you a prime example of a good church leader, or one that went the opposite way. Moses and the group of uh, Israelis were, have left Egypt, and they're in, in the desert wandering around. And there were certain people that thought, well, just because God called you, I'm called too. <laughs> and, I, and I'm of the priestly family, so I, have, I need some respect too. And they, his name, his, this little group was named Korah. And if you're reading the Bible, you will run into it. That Korah took some strange fire out. That's strange. That means strange doctrine, if you want to really get down to it. He took some strange doctrine, and what happened? <clears throat> he got swallowed up. The ground opened up and swallowed up, and they descended into what we, if you want to know where hell is, it's below your feet. They were swallowed up. So we, we have to watch what we hear, even even members of, quote, the Christian, Christian community can be wrong, and that's why you need Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Amen. Can you imagine? Find it out. Go for it. Can you imagine standing there that day when Korah and all his group fell into the pit? I mean, just opened them up and swallowing them over, and I mean, they're all just going, wow. I mean... How would you like to have been standing next to it? It might have been interesting to look down there. You know what the sad thing about it? The very next day, the very next day after this takes place, that God pronounces a judgment upon those people, the people rebel, rebel against it. Well, Coral is a good guy. Who are you to do that? Guess what? Aaron had to go out between them then with a censer because a plague hit. They were dying off because they got in rebellion. It's no good to get in rebellion 
to God's Word. That's right. I'm going to have us turn to Numbers, Numbers. Oh, what's chapter 12. If you have problems with murmuring and complaining, read Numbers. That'll help you out a lot. Um, he talked about Korah. I thought he was going to bring up Miriam and Aaron. These were Moses' family. These were Moses' brothers, brother and sister. And Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses, their brother, because of his Cushite wife. For he had married a Ethiopian, actually, woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken by us? And the Lord heard it. And now the man Moses was very meek, gentle, and kind, and humble, or above all men, all the men on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out. They probably thought something good was going to happen. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the tent door and called Aaron and Miriam, and they came forward. They probably really thought that they were going to get something really good. Wow, we were right. God doesn't just speak to Moses. Now he's going to speak to us. Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> they, now, you know, we were right. What we said was right. Well, let's look at what he said. He's, and he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make, make myself known to him in a vision and to speak to him in a dream. But not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly and not, clearly and not in dark speeches. For he beholds the form of the Lord. Why were they why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against him, and he departed. When he went, when the cloud departed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, I plead you, lay not the sin upon us, which we have done foolishly, and in which we have sinned. And we know that Miriam had to stay outside the camp for a while. So she must have been the big instigator here, you know. And um, so we need to learn from that. Like he said, there was Cora, But like I said earlier, a lot of this goes on with the family easily. And so we just need to be, we need to be careful, very careful. It's, it's, there was someone, I think it was, um, Oh gosh, the one I like that goes that goes to the ministers' convention. The one I like the most, Mark Barkley, Mark Barkley that has a book on familiarity. And you know, when you the more familiar you become with a person, the more you get in trouble, or can not always, but can get in trouble with a person. That's why when Matt was at home, Pastor and I were very, very, very careful that Matt never heard anything about what went on in the church. So that means we, had, we are very, you know, we, there were things we had to discuss, but he didn't need to know them, okay? Too many pastor's kids know too much. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and turn to, so these are ways that will further quicken the prosperity in coming to you, okay? All right, the next one is. Oh, just one moment, where would Miriam and Aaron be in that list on, in Psalms 1? All three. If you, they, they took took a position, had some of all three traits then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. What do you think? Well, I think they had a seasoning of all. <laughs> I always say. I mean, it's so easy. We, we point fingers at people, but how much of that seasoning do we have in ourselves? Yeah. Be careful. Just be careful. We need just to be, be careful. Especially, we're living the last days, so we need to really, uh, whatsoever is good, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is good report, think on these things. Except spiders, we don't like them. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I made a proclamation last night. I guess you'd call it any spider that's found in this church. We take it out and kill it. We don't let it loose. We kill it. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk, live in faith, or walk by faith. For, or, no, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying out our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty Thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Of course, we know it's casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Probably, if there's any scripture that has meant more to me, it's this one. Because when I got saved, before I got saved, I was probably a nut. My thoughts just, whoa, all over. And they weren't good thoughts. And, you know, it was like, for me, the day I got saved, it was a boom, night and day. It, it really was. It was like night and day change. There was no more cussing. I started preaching to everybody I knew. Lost all my friends but one. You know, I mean, it was like, because they were so worldly, I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. So it was like, they'd start to, I don't do that anymore. And then I'd preach Jesus. So um, I had to learn this because there was so much that tried to come back in that I had to get it out. And the only way I could do it was through the Word. Through the Word, the Word, the Word. So um, we are delivered from the power of darkness and we need to walk 
in his plans, purposes for us. And that means the things, what the enemy's trying to do is keep you from receiving all the promises of God. Okay, that, that, that's his job. He comes against faith. You know, it says, count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So he's after your faith. So the only way he can get to your faith is to get you to fall back into your old ways. Okay? Because he knows if I get their faith and if I get them to, to believe or get hung up on something in their mind, then that will keep them their mind occupied on the circumstance and the situation and the problem instead of going forward in the things of God. That's why it's so powerful and why we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Like I said this morning, you can't pray in the Holy Spirit and think horrible thoughts. It does, the two don't go together. And when I first got saved, people said that were of, believe that the Holy Spirit wasn't for nowadays that that was of the devil and I thought I didn't have a problem with it some people did I thought well I never prayed in tongues in the bar never heard anybody praying in tongues in the bar or any wild other place that I went you know I mean people are weird they'll they'll say whatever or the devil is weird let's put it that way and use people to say whatever you have anything to share on that one okay John 16, 13. I love this scripture. Love, love, love it. Just stay there, Terry. You're better off down there. If you're comfortable. If you're cold, we'll put a heater on you. Just raise your hand. John chapter 16, verse 13. From the King James. How be it, when he... The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show, you, show it unto you. Make that the amble. Okay, from the Amplified, looking, beginning with verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak of his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give you the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you all things, uh, declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Hallelujah. This is exactly what we're teaching on. Verse 14, he will honor and glorify me because he will take of, draw upon 
what is mine, and we reveal, declare, disclose, transmit to you. So he's going to draw what's his and transmit it to you. That's powerful when you think of it. He's going to... Let's read it again. He will take a receive drop on what is mine and reveal, declare, and disclose and transmit it to you. Expect to hear because you're all tithers and givers, I believe. I don't get into the money at all. I don't want to. I have no desire. So I'm free to say whatever. He will, he promises to, to give us in this lifetime. There's not much left here. So he is going to begin to, he's already doing this with Thumb. He will give you, you've got his authority. And he will tell you what he hears from the Father. This is very important. He will give the message that has been given to him. Now think about this. Jesus said, I'm sending another comforter. We know everything he said about that comforter. Here he's saying he will give. This is so powerful. He will give the message that has been given to him and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. That is a promise. The reason why most people do not realize why this is not, you know, what's going on in the future is because they're not praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't need to hear the world news, honestly, because the Lord will tell me what's going on. I'm more important. It's more important right now. You know, if you get caught up in that, then fear comes. But it's more important to me now to be sitting there and all of a sudden God says, pray for da-da-da-da about this. And then I get a phone call maybe a day later and people tell me, well, this and this happened. And I've already I've prayed that for them. Well, this is going to be happening faster and faster and faster the closer we come to the coming of the Lord. Now, that's exciting. So we need to have our Mind, our soul, our mind, will, emotions, and intellect cleared of the old junk and allow the Holy Spirit in our spirit to be able to use that mind that is so powerful that God has given us. That is a powerful... Our soul is so powerful and can be used because it comes out of our spirit into our mind. It, this is the way it's supposed to happen. And out of our mouth. We're to speak authority. The authority, we are to speak forth God's word in authority on this earth to change things. Hallelujah. He is very, very desirous to use people that know the word and know him in this hour. There's only a remnant, I'll be honest, that really know. Okay, the next scripture. Do you have any more to share on that? The next scripture is um, Philippians 4.19. Say this with me, no lack. You know, the Bible says in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not lack. Well, 
you look down at your bills and you look at your paycheck and the enemy tries to tell you you got lack what are you going to tell him what are you going to say that's not what my bible says there is no lack go ahead sweetie i'm going to let you deal with this one just tell him <clears throat> he had it lacks in his life. <laughs> and only la you only lack in your life. You, I know your future. And you have a lot <laughs> to desire. <laughs> there was always this joke that um, pastor's mom and dad buried money in cans on their property. But none of us went looking. We should have. We should have gotten one of those metal detectors. And, but you know what I mean? And gone out there, but whatever. And we, I was on the phone the other night with Matt, and I was telling him where I had some money stashed away. And uh, one of the places, he goes, Mom, because I was telling him, you know, if, if I ever leave and you have to come take care of this, he goes, Mom, <laughs> I can't believe you. And I, sometimes I tell him, I mean, it is true. I'm not, there's, not, there's not a lot of money stashed places, but I put it there for pastor to find. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's, he's like, I don't want to hear this. So let's go ahead and do Philippians 4.19. How many remember hearing of parents or grandparents that stash money in cans and under mattresses and things? So I haven't come to that, I'll tell you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I stash my loose change in jars. <laughs> He's loaded. <laughs> With loose change. I got one that's about that tall. I'm going to tell you. We were, you know, most all of you know that after I, before I got saved, there was the war of wars. <laughs> and, um, Pastor had stashed in a Bible out in the garage a ton of money. So bless Matt's darling heart. Um, and I went out there one day and it was above the washer on the shelf and the Bible fell and all this money fell out. I was mad. I'm not, now this is, this is really the sad part. That was tithe money. He had stashed there. I was mad because we were having financial problems. And um, all this money comes flying out of a Bible. I didn't even believe in the Bible. And here he's got a Bible out there hidden in the garage with all this money in it. And so, you know, believe me, we've paid it back much, many, many times. But I, I looked at that. I looked at the Bible. Thank God he was a praying man. I looked at that. I looked at the Bible, and I, I, I just got furious. He's been stashing this money. Well, that was his tie. That was, that was very important to him. He just wasn't going to a church to give it anywhere. Amen? So, you know, give, I don't know where I got on this, but give your tithe immediately. <laughs> don't be stashing it somewhere. Um, give it but 
My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I believe that's the scripture we're on. Am I right? My, and that's pick it apart. My God, my God shall supply. So my God shall supply all, all of my need. All of, not just, 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 not just little things, but all, all, all of my need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. How rich is he? You know, just take that scripture today. Go home. If you, if you know, if you need money, kick back in a chair or your bed. I like to do it on my bed. I've got my bed all set up with this thing on it now. And, you know, and I just lay back. Pastor will come in and I'll just sit. Be laying there just praying in tongues. One scripture. That's all you need to do. Pray in tongues and he'll start to show you. I'm your God. I will supply all your need according to what? My riches, his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So he's trying to get us to forget about what's in front of us and think about him. I will supply. I will supply. And then start thanking God for, the, for however it's going to be supplied. You know, I read something recently um, one of the people that I'm a friend with on Facebook. And actually, I'm not a friend with him. It's their son. He, he works at a Starbucks back east. And he said, seven, I think it was seven times today, a car's come up. They have paid for the person behind their, or, their order and the person behind them. And he said, this has happened seven times. I believe it was seven times just today. You know what? There are people out there that are getting a hold of the faith message and the prosperity message and they're giving. Be one of them. You know, if you have enough money and you see a woman behind you in line that are in front of you that really you can tell, you can tell if somebody does, is counting out their coupons or whatever they need help, pay their grocery bill if you have the means. I've done it before. And why not? You may as well. But just think about that. Seven times in one day, going through, you know, he was at the Starbucks. When he was the working there, seven times the person came up and said, I'm going to pay for theirs behind me. There must have been a blessing on that line in the Starbucks line or something that day, man. Okay. Did you want to share on that one? Okay, it says, but Mr. my Big God, Bucks. who is your God? Somebody tell me, who is your God? I want some answers. should die. <laughs> well, it's quiet out there. Nobody knows what their God's like. More than enough. More than enough. Who's your God? Limitless. Who's your God? Yeshua. Yeshua. Who's your God? Give me some uh, adjectives or verbs of your God. My God is all in all, prosperous. Yell them out. Powerful. 
Powerful. The supplier. <laughs> the supplier. I tell you what, my God is the creator. So if you need it, he will create it. Yes. Just use that one. He's the creator. What you need, he creates. Thank you. Does it come in? Does he have a shortage? Are you sure? Does God have any short? Uh, does God have a shortage? Oh, angel number three, go tell them that there's just no more money in, in, in my account to pay off their $2 bill. Or $2, you know. No. He's got it. He's your creator. Just one word, the creator. I mean, take a look at some of the animals that we have. In the world, I mean, there, there's some cr wild creations. Anybody ever seen a uh, duck-billed platypus? <laughs> That's creation, I tell you what. <laughs> Koala bear eats what's those trees? Eucalyptus leaves. I mean, he's a creator. Yep. They stink, though. And the greatest design is us. I mean, man can't, as man goes along, oh, it's God, no longer so Neanderthal and all that type of caveman stuff, but now they got, you're, you just got all sorts of things going on, electrons and all this type, of, you're, you're wired, I'll put it that way, for great things, and man's still trying to find out how. How do you function? The, Devil, the devil's having a hard time killing us off. Those that are becoming uh, born again, things are becoming new. Amen. So he's the creator. Okay, we better go on. He's looking at me. What time we have? Oh, we got plenty of time. Glory to God. <laughs> This is so powerful when you look at it. What? Which well, one? and my God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Liberally supply, fill to the full. Fill to the full. I want you to think about filling to the full. And overflowing. And overflowing. He's more, there's a song, he's more than enough. You have David Ingalls tapes, you know. He's more than enough. He is El Shaddai. You remember the words to that? I haven't heard that one for a while, but I'll, I'll pick it up. Well, either that or I'm making it up sitting here, but no, whatever. He's <laughs> but he's more than enough. Okay, the next one is Romans 5.17. Romans 5:17 Or if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more 
they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. From the, <clears throat> from the Amplified it reads, for if, for if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, anointed one. Look at that. You're to reign reigning as, king in as life. kings in life. Some of us have been defrocked. How many poor kings do you know? Reign as kings in life. Reign as kings in life. That'd be another one I'd, I'd kick back and start praying in the Holy Ghost on. I have a good old time just me and God, really. It's <coughs> amazing. I mean, if you, he's more fun than, he's more fun. He is much more creative. We know that he's the, cre he's, he's the creator of the universe. He wants to spend time with you creating things in you so you can go forth and reign as a king in this life. I just, I just think, go there. Try, try, to, try to go there with me. Think about it. He wants to be one-on-one -on -one with you. One-on-one. -on -one. Guess what? It's already happened. You have the greater one within you. That's one-on-one. -on -one. Let's open up to him. I have written down here my notes. I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness I reign as a king in life by Christ Jesus. I reign as a king in life. He sees you reigning as a king in life. We just need to get up there and reign. Think of, think of what would happen if the Christians all got a hold of who they were in Jesus Christ and started allowing the Holy Spirit to fulfill that that was spoken in existence over each one of them and began to operate in it. All the news would be good news. God's desire is that we take as many with us. That is one of the visions, the greatest vision of this church is to have souls, bring souls in here. This church was called to be a hospital, whatever the need. People would come in and receive it. They're not supposed to leave, they're supposed to stay. That is, that is what God spoke to us. You as the body need to go forth and bring them in. Pastor and I are supposed to preach the gospel. You're supposed to bring them in. Well, I don't know. What's, what, think of this. How many people you run into daily? Invite them to church. They're either going to say yes or no. The most ungodly, unspiritual person I had ever known in my life went to work at 
well, I went worked at Wrigley's when I got my divorce, worked at Wrigley's with me. And the only Christian I know of in the whole place worked with us. I want you to think about this. All she does, this gal, the other gal was Exhale's angel. You can imagine. Then you got me. And then you have this only Christian person that I knew of in the whole place was we, the three of us are working together. Well, she and she and she, <laughs> when we were dating, she said she would babysit for my two kids. So I said, okay, well, I know what she did. She plastered that house with anointing oil. I can just, I can see it now, looking back at it. But she was the one that prayed, I know, the main one that prayed me through. But she must have plastered every bed, every, she had, a, she had enough time to have a party in that house. And she never shut up telling us about Jesus. All day long, we'd cuss, she'd talk about Jesus. I, bless her heart. I mean, you think your work's bad? How would you like to be put again, put with the two most ungodly people in the plant? And there you are in the middle preaching to them. But by golly, if I didn't get saved first, and what was it about? Three years later, the hell's angel girl walks into the doors of the church that we were going to. And she got saved. Just that woman being bold enough at work to speak to both of us caused us to get saved. Think of the opportunities that you're missing. Honestly, well, what do you have to live? They're, well, so they don't like you anymore. But if they get born again, they are going to love you. And a lot of people think, well, I, you know, I'm not going to invite them to my church and whatever. You better invite them to your church because they might go somewhere else. And Whitney can attest to this, not learn Thank God for Terry. Whitney can attest to this and not learn the truth about the Word of God. Do you think that you would be in the place you're in right now, in prosperity and whatever? No. Why? And it's not us. I'm not going to take the. No, but it's just wherever you go, they're deceiving. That's that's excellent. Give her the thing. That's a good one. That's this is good. That's, that's, I've never heard it that way, but write it down. That is true. I don't know how many of you know. So let, can I just give a quick, quick? Go for I, it, honey. It's on tape. It's going all over, even to India. <laughs> so I got born again, and I was going to a church in town. Um, that get it up to the, you, though. The lady who helped me get born again went to, and they were friends of mine and, and whatnot. So I went there for probably six months after I got born again, but I knew that there was areas that, I needed to grow and needed deliverance in. So I spoke to that pastor and I said, you know, do you believe such and so and so and so because I need help in these areas. And I worked with Terry at the time and she was also ministering to me at work and, and helping me along as well. And um, the pastor said no. And I said, okay, well, I'd really like to go to this other church because, you know, they believe the stuff that I need help with. And so basically that's how I ended up at Shekinah and, and stayed and he understood that. And, and so really I think that there is just a ceiling in whatever church you choose to attend. And that ceiling I think is really kind of established by the beliefs that are in the church. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and you can see that with different denominations and whatnot as well. But just this was a non-denominational church. It just, you know, there's there's those ceilings that you have to just be aware of. Praise God. And so she met John. And I'm going to share the story if I have permission. She met John, and so they come for counseling. And John says, well, um, I'm going to go to my church, and Whitney can come to this one, and we'll go to the early service at mine and come to this one. And I thought, ha, ha, he's going to be coming here, but that's okay. Go for it. First time John comes here, someone runs around the church. (laughs) She didn't tell him about this. Okay, runs around the church while the service we'd had in a long time and falls out right in the aisle in front of him. Of course, he's in the law enforcement and he's thinking, did she die? (laughs) No, she fell out under the power, but you need to tell people, okay, that God, you never know what God might do in this service because I am believing for blind eyes to be opened If this is a hospital, then whatever they need, they are going to receive it. And we're coming into the miracle part, okay? So you need to start inviting people, okay? Like I said, we're even being heard in India. Okay, I don't know how, but we are. So let's move on. I just thought, Pastor said, oh, it's just from the one person that that wanted you to come preach there. And I found out later, no, it's not, because they're not friends with them. So, I have received abundance of grace and the gift of of righteousness. I reign as a king in life by Christ Jesus. When you talk to your people, I say your people, and they say no, guess what you just did? You planted a seed. And when you see them, continue to water it. That's right. Just because they say no the first time doesn't mean they're not going to. Some of us took a long time getting watered. <laughs> <laughs> I myself was about uh, a two-year watering before I found out what took place. Tell your story. Nobody's really heard of your story. That's a dilly. <laughs> so, you know, do a little watering. Don't worry about it. Continue to pray over your seed, though. I'm going to share your story if you don't share She's your story. She's going to share my story. There's a lady that went to the church she went to as a child, and everybody stayed away from her. She got born again. and But she would go from one person to the other and start telling them about Jesus and getting them born again and then taking them to meetings, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, meetings like i said if i'd stayed in that school i would have eventually ended up with him anyway but so he went and he got saved well the rest of them thought she was nuts absolutely they actually said it she's a nut well she she wasn't a nut but she was really pastor took me to her house we i wasn't born again yet this woman had in her house you know how in the bible bookstores they used to have rows of tracks years ago on those things she had them all over her house where she could flip one out for whatever <laughs> i think she probably loaded me up with a lot of them that day <laughs> i can guarantee you where they went but it doesn't matter even if they end up somewhere someone else can pick them up i shared with you about pastor george he's gone on to heaven 
he found a bottle one time up at the beach and grabbed it, wrote it, put a track in it, sealed it, threw it back in the water, and it landed up in New Zealand or something. I can't remember. Well, the person wrote him or called him, I can't remember, and said, this was like a couple years later. You know, I live in blah, blah, and I got your track. And I'd like to know if I could copy this. And so his, he was really into tracks because that's got how he got saved. You know, the old member, there used to be phone booths. I remember going to phone booths different times, and there would be one of his tracks up in that phone booth before, I, you know, there it was, sitting there. He'd go all over town putting them in phone booths. But, you know, just go forth. Rodney has his ministry, his church, his ministry going out, has led 4.5 million people to the Lord. And what did I say? Two years, I believe, three years. The enemy stole their daughter. She had cystic fibrosis, and that was that, was that daughter's vision and goal that, for souls. And when she died in his arms on Christmas Day, he made, he made a pledge to God for her that I'm going to go out and win souls. The devil took, took my gift, my, my child, I'm gonna go out and win souls. Because that, was her, that was her vision. I'm gonna see that fu vision fulfilled. Hallelujah. Do they all come to his church? No. They're getting planted in whatever church God would have them to, but he's out there sowing seed and winning souls. Thank God, amen? Okay, the, the goal is to get them to your church so you can disciple them. Okay, did Terry disciple you well? Good. Psalms 35, 27. There's a box under the chair. Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> I did it. And be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. From the Amplified, let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy and be glad and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Uh, how many do that? How many are going to start doing this? What's going to happen when you do it? There's going to be a lot of prosperity out there. A lot of people are going to think you're a nutcase. <laughs> but they won't think you're a nutcase when you start ministering to them with finances. You know, well, let me buy that for you. <laughs> 
You know what's going to happen? If you, first, you've got to shout for joy, okay? That's a part of it. There's part. Shout for joy. It's okay. You've got to let it loose. And then you need to say continually, let the Lord be magnified. I magnify you, Lord, which you have pleasure in the prosperity of me, your servant. We went the other night, we went out to dinner and on a real quick thing. And next to us, first there was Alexis. So pastor stood between me, because it was really cramped, between me and Alexis. So I wouldn't ram the door. Next, when we came out, there was a Bentley. You should have really seen him standing there. I looked it up. Bentley cost 100, what is it, 200 and something? I can't remember. And, but this is what I got out of this. Starting price, one, $1,790 or something like that. That's base price. Bentley, here in town. This was my thought when I saw that Bentley. First, he said, no, that's not a Bentley. I, I, I thought, these people got enough money. They don't care where they park it because they've got enough money. That's not their God. I hope they're Christian. They got enough money that so it gets ding, we'll just go buy another one. You understand? That's how God wants you to be. That he has the pleasure in the prosperity of you, his servant. Because most people, if they had a Bentley, would be so concerned that it would get scratched, that it would be clear at the end, because I told Matt this story yesterday because he parks his, his Carrera way far away. And I told him about this Bentley. I said, you know what, just start, I think I told him, just start parking it wherever. But you know, really when you think about it, a Bentley's nothing to God. If you start confessing this, is it gonna come to truth? Third John two, beloved, I wish above all things that, I do this one all the time, that you prosper. And be in health as your soul prospered. Prosperity was the first thing. What did he do to the people when he brought them out of Egypt? Told them to go borrow. In other words, go, go borrow, because he knew he was going to get rid of them anyway. Go borrow all their jewelry, and they gave it to them. All their, that'd be like if they came to my door and told me, go get your jewelry. I'd like it. And they were my house cleaners. One day, think of this. Okay, and you just trot in there. I won't tell you where it all is, but and you get it all, <laughs> and you hand it over to them for no reason. They hated them, and they gave it to them. Well, how come? Because God said, "Go tell them." We're going to borrow your, your jewels and all your silver and all your gold. Give it to us. And then he tells them, and then he tells the children of Israel, get everybody you want in this house and don't come out and put the blood around the doors and eat the lamb. And you're going to be protected because I'm going to go through and kill the firstborn. So there's going to be mourning in the land and you're getting out with all the jewelry, all the gold, all the silver and everything. That, folks, those that you are hearing this or will be hearing this, that's how our God El Shaddai thinks he's more than enough. Hallelujah. 
He's more than enough. We're done. Okay, let's all stand. I think you, you have got to, a lot. I think you have to go to L.A. to find a Bentley dealer, but for those that... Terry asked me, you want one of those? And I said, no, I'm believing for a Jaguar. Pastor didn't look blue except for him. The Bentleys. He kept saying it was a Chrysler. <laughs> I said, look at the B. It's a Bentley. Look at the B. Because we were looking at the B, remember, in the front. Look at the B. There's one in the back. So finally, it dawned on him. Yeah, it's a Bentley. Because he couldn't imagine them just parking in this little dinky space like that. No, I can imagine it. But she said, I'm going to get me a Chrysler and put a B on it. <laughs> that was the next day. <laughs> he didn't like Chrysler, so go ahead. I don't want to get anybody upset over Chrysler. It's not that I don't like Chrysler. It's just not my choice. I'll put it that way. You could... A lot of people like Chrysler, Fords, we, whatever. We had Jeeps. one that's, that you'd go to the airline, air, we'd park it at the airports, and it wouldn't start. It didn't like airports. <laughs> and what else did, oh yeah. The door locks would go jumping up and down all the time. It just. <laughs> oh, wow. Pray and get us out of here. Didn't sound right. Um, it's okay. time to go home now. <laughs> Father, we're praising you and we're just giving you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that you are our God. You are our creator, Father God. And whatsoever things we desire, Father God, you make it possible, Father God, as we walk in faith and apply your word. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. I thank you, Lord, that as we go our separate ways, Father God, we can be blessings to those that we come in contact with, whether by good deeds or words, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can minister to, to individuals. Give us a great day, Father God, the remainder of it. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. <laughs>